Okay, good evening. Um, sorry for the modified schedule. Um, <clears throat> you touch I'll be back in uh, in person on Shabbos. I just didn't think my voice would hold out on the base measures tonight. Today we're learning Maseches Pavakamadaf Memtes. As you can see, it's not a small block. Um, and we'll be going down about a third of the way on Nun Amid And we'll, of course, have our work cut out for us on Shabbos with Daf Nun being a Zaf de Gadaf. Um, quite a bit of material, and Nunalif is also not small. So we're getting uh, into the meat of uh, of the complex parts of um, above a comma. Um, and thankfully, we're already seeing some repeating themes. So hopefully, it should be easy for us to navigate. Let's jump in and continue. <clears throat> the mission at the bottom of Memches in the days opens like this. Shor shahem iskaven lechavero. One shore was trying to kill another shore. But inadvertently, that shore hurt a woman. And unfortunately, that woman uh, lost the fetus that she was carrying. She miscarried. The Bala shore of the damaging shore, he does not have to pay for the damages of the Vlados. The Mishnah continues. Let's say that there was a man, there was a person who was trying to hurt his friend. And and inadvertently he had a woman. In such a case, we say, There, a person has more responsibility. And because a person has more responsibility, so they're therefore on the hook. And because they're on the hook, so therefore uh, they're going to have to pay the Dmei Vlados. Asks the Mishnah, two lines from the bottom, What's the math equation? to determine how much the vlados, how much the fetus is worth. So the Gemara says it's basic subtraction. And this we'll see soon as a machlok Do we assume that the uh, cost, I shouldn't say cost, that the value of a woman before birth is more than the value of woman after birth? Let's see. So the Tanakama says, We assess how much a woman uh, is valued at before she gets pregnant and has a baby. And then we take the lower number, that's the assertion of the Tanakama, that a woman's value goes down after she has a baby. And that subtraction is the cost of the Vlad. And that's what the Baal Hashor um, has to pay. Uh, that's that would Not the Baal Hashor in this case, it's an Adam. That would be what the person would have to pay for the damages. So if I'm Ruvain and I'm trying to punch Shimon, and Nebuch, I punch Penina, and I cause for a miscarriage. We'll see soon what the parameters are. Where on the body does she have to be hit? We'll discuss that in the Gemara. The Maisa, the Gemara says that I'm culpable, and I have to pay the difference in cost between the woman's value before she was pregnant and the woman's value now post-miscarriage. I'm a Rebbe Shimon ben Gamliel. I don't know what you're talking about. Turning to the top of Mem Tesmarala, the Gemara says, Im Kain, he says, if this is so, we should assume that a woman is more praiseworthy, is worth more after she's pregnant, after she has a child. Now, the language is weird with the inkain. That's why Rashi picks up here and says, Mefarish Begamara. And we'll analyze what the language of, um, of Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel actually means shortly. The Mishnah continues. So, therefore, if Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel doesn't like the Tanakhama's approach, and rather, he's of the opinion that uh, the math equation should be different because he clearly assumes that a woman after birth is worth more 
than before birth. So if all of that is true, so then what's his math equation? So to this, the Mishnah says on the top line of Mem Tesimit Aleph, You measure the Vlados, you measure the fetus. Again, the, the Gemara, the Mishnah doesn't say what that calculation is. Uh, but nevertheless, that's considered the equation. And if Ruvain was trying to punch Shimon and he punched Penina and she miscarried, Ruvain would be on the hook for the cost of the fetus itself. Let's say this seemingly is going according to both, uh, both the Tanakama and Rav Shimon ben Gamaliel, that if the woman doesn't have a husband, no saintly your shav. So this money seemingly goes to the husband himself and not to the woman. And the money goes to his Yorshin if she's alive and he is no longer alive, then the money goes to his Yorshin. Let's say that the woman that was uh, damaged wasn't a regular Penina, but rather Haisa Shifcha Venishtachrira. She was a slave, uh, slave woman who was freed. Ogioras, in such a case, the Allah is that he, Ruvain, would be Pater for the damages. Let's open with the Gemara here, four lines down, analyzing the first case of the Mishnah. The reason why we said that the person is going to be Chayev is because he was trying to hit Shimon. But if in fact he was Miskavin the Isha, he was trying to hurt the woman directly, then Mishalim Dmei Vlados. Then he would have to pay the cost of the Vlados. Says the Gemara, Lema, perhaps we should say to have it to use the this is not like the Shita Rav Adabar Ava. The Amar Rav Adabar Ava. Shvarim Shaniz Kavnu Isha Peturim Midmei Vlados. That if, if we have an animal that was trying to hurt um, another animal, then we said he's Pater. But had he been in, had the animal intended to hurt Penina, then Lachora the Din would have been different, that you would have been Chayat. What does Rav Adabar Ava say? Peturim Midmei Vlados. That really your putter in such a case from Dmei Vlados. So is our Mishnah in line with Ravada Bar Ava? Yes or no? So the Gemara says eight, nine lines down, Amar Lach Ravada Bar Ava, no, not a concern at all. If um, if I'm Ruvain and my cow was uh, with its bullhorns targeting Penina out of the gates and caused Rahman Litzlan for a miscarriage, Still, my animal would be Pater. I, if that's true, then why does our Mishnah leave room for an incorrect Diyuk? Our Mishnah said, which implies that if the animal was miskaving for the woman, that the rule would be different. Why would you leave me that room for inference if it's not true? Rav Adabar Ava explains, I did the Kabayla Mishnah Seifa because we wanted there to be symmetry between the Resha and the Seifa of our Mishnah. And in the safe of our Mishnah, it says, Adam Shahem is So therefore, we had to say in the Seifa something similar. So let's review this in detail. In the Seifa, it said, Adam Shahem is This is what the Pasuk was talking about. Therefore, says the Gemara, Tani But that language of Shahem is was not meant to leave room for the inference that had the cow intentionally targeted Panini, he would be chayev. That's not true. And therefore, our Mishnah could even be like Rav Adabar Ava. And at this point, we would look at our Mishnah and say that no matter what the intention of the cow was in targeting Panina or in targeting another cow and accidentally hurting Panina, the din is the same. And that is 
that an animal's owner would be putter if his animal caused for a miscarriage to Pinina. <clears throat> Says the Gemara, a third of the way down, five lines before the wide lines. Amarav Papa, if a shore were to have gored a shifcha and the shifcha would have then miscarried had she been pregnant, in such a case, there would be payment. My time, why is this true? Because the shifcha is compared to chamarta ma'abarta, to a donkey that is pregnant, ba'alma, who does it, it's just like a regular animal that's being damaged. And when one animal damages another animal, so then there has to be payment. There's an exception when it comes to an animal causing damage to a person and her fetus. But when an animal damages another animal, those are regular rules from the beginning of the Masech, the Shorshan Those are regular case scenarios. It is odd, granted, it is odd that we say that a man, the owner of a shore is putter for causing uh, the Dmei Vlados, for causing a miscarriage of Penina, but Chayiv in regards to a Shifcha. But that's because the Shifcha is viewed um, it sounds disparaging, but at least halachically speaking, she's viewed in the same way as a chamor, as an animal. Where do we get this from? That the, that a shifcha is deemed to be similar to a chamor. Last of the short lines, first of the long lines, to Amar Kra, Shvulachem Poima Chamor. We know from the famed story of the Akeda, Am Hadome Lechamor. That's what the language of Im Hachamor is darshaned as. Am Hadome Lechamor. The shifcha, the maidservant, the avadim, they are similar to a chamor, and therefore, instead of the rules of an animal goring a person and causing for a miscarriage to be the same as that of an animal cause, uh, causing the same damage for an animal, we don't say that. Rather, an animal that's shor shenagach es and the same is true for a shifcha, then there's payment. Masha'in kein when it comes to penina. By penina, if I'm Ruvain and my animal gores penina and she miscarries, whether or not I have kavano. The din is that I, the owner of my animal, will be putter, even for the damage that I caused. We had said in our Mishnah, Kate said, Mishalim Dmei Vlados. We said the Gemara, Dmei Vlados, I understand you're talking about the value of the fetus. I got it. But what I don't understand, says the Gemara, is what about Shvach Vlados Miboyle? There also should be the woman's improvement because of her Vlados. She has an added value for being pregnant. There's something else going on here, and she should have that money coming in her direction. So the Gemara says as follows. You're correct. How do the payments work? There should be payments for the fetus, and there should be payments for the woman's improved cost of herself because of the vlados. We make a math assessment. We look at her value and we say, what is the difference in her value? And that is how we make the math equation, factoring in two things, the Dmei Vlados and the Shvach of the woman because of the Vlados. But it's two things and not one. Now let's dig into Rashbag's answer. Rashbag's approach to how we make this uh, math equation was very different. He said, I don't agree with you, Tanakama. The Tanakama thought that a woman was more valuable before she gave birth than after she gave birth. Rashbag wasn't hearing it. So let's dig into his shita. We're four lines into the wide lines. Omar Rashbag, What does this language mean? Says the Gemara, What does Rashbag mean by this language? Omar Rabba, Rabba says, and we'll soon see that there's a machlokas about this between Rabba and Rava, but Rabba's shita comes first, says the Gemara, 
וכי איש המשבחס קודם שתלד, יוסר מילה אחר שתלד. רשפג argues back to the Tanakama. Are you saying that a woman is more משובח, she's more valuable, as it were, prior to having a baby than after? והלא איש המשבחס לאחר שתלד, יוסר מקודם שתלד. A woman's value after she has a baby is greater than before she has a baby. She's brought more into the world, whatever the svara is. Rashvag seems to make a little bit more sense. So the Gemara says, Ella, rather, what then does Rashvag say should be our math equation? Shaman asavlados, vinos nilabal. So here the Gemara is very clear about Rashbag's concern. He doesn't like the way the Tanakama did the math. The Tanakama had assumed that a woman was more valuable before pregnancy than after. Rashbag doesn't agree, and therefore he says the math just doesn't work, and therefore we have to assess payments to the woman who lost her fetus, who miscarried, that the money will go to the Baal based purely on the cost of the Vlados. And Tanya Nami Hachi, we have a Brysa that supports Rabba's approach to Rab Shimon ben Gamliel. Halfway down on Mamtes Medalev, making good headway. Bechi, after all, would it be the case that Isha Meshabachas, Hodem Sheteleid, Yoser Milaachar Sheteleid, the same retort that we saw in the Brysa before about Rashbag. We see here that the Gemara is pushing against the Tanakhama in the same way. How can you say that a woman's value is greater before she gives birth than after? It's not true. A woman is more valuable after giving birth than before. Ella, and this brisa is therefore a raya brura for Rabba. Ella, shaman havlados v'nosnin All we do is we assess the cost of the blood, and that is the payment that goes to the husband. Rabba has a very clean understanding of Rav Shimon ben Gamliel, kaftor v'ferach, very easy. The Gemara then says, about 10 lines down into the wide lines, a little bit more than halfway down, Rava Amar, a little different. Hachitani, v'chi isha, l'mi sheyoledes, mishabachas, ve'en le'atma b'shvach vlados klum. You're saying that a woman who gives birth gets no money to herself? Rava takes a different approach than Rava. Rava was bothered by the math equation of you're under an assumption, Tanakam. You're under an assumption that a woman before pregnancy is worth more, is more valuable than a woman after pregnancy. Rava takes a totally different approach, which is why is she not getting any of this money? It doesn't make any sense. She's the one who carried the baby. She's the one who miscarried. Why is all the money going to the Baal? So says the Gemara. Um, therefore, yes, you're correct. The Vlados do go to the husband, but unlike Rabba's approach to Rashbag, here, the Shvach Vlados Chokin, that when it comes to her now added value, he agrees as well to Rabba that the value of the woman is greater. Um, after children. Whatever that new value is, um, is then divided in half. The woman gets to keep half of that value from the Nizak, from the Mazik, excuse me. And therefore, she at least gets a little bit of money out of the deal. So that's why Rabba and Rabba and Rabba argue. And here too, Tanya Nami Hachi, we have a Brisa that supports the Shita of Rabba as well. Let's take a look. Amar Rashbag, Vichy Isha, this woman gets pregnant. She's carrying a baby. She has more value, but she gets no money when she's damaged. Pasnist, it doesn't even, it's not fair. 
It doesn't make sense, says Rava. And this is a Brysa now. The Brysa then says, like Rava had posited, Ella, Shaman Nezek Bifne Atzmo, the Tsar Bifne Atzmo. We separate the damage and the Tsar. The Shaman Vlados. We also um, assess the value of the Vlados for Nosnein Lepal. The Shvach Vlados Chokin. Here too, we see a case scenario. <clears throat> we see a Raya Brura for the Shita of Rava that the woman does get some money after she's damaged in a case of uh, uh, of a man who injured her. All of this is to say that there's a machlokes between Rabba and Rava within the Shita of Rashbag of our Mishnah, with Rabba not agreeing to the math equation in principle, and Rava not agreeing to the payout system, where he felt that the woman should be getting some of the monies because she was the victim. Not just He didn't just lose the baby, she was carrying the baby and lost the baby. So that's the machlokes, Rabba and Rava. Says the Gemara, if that's true, that we have two brisas, two tanyanami hachis, one supporting Rava and one supporting Rava, then says the Gemara two thirds of the way down, kasha drashbag Then we have one brisa saying that all the money goes to the husband. We have another brisa saying that not all the money goes to the husband. The shvach vlados goes to the wife. So how do we answer up this stira between these two brisas of Rashbag? You're right, Rabbah brings a raya for his own shita, and Rabbah for his own shita, but that means that these two prices don't agree with each other. So what should we do in a case like this? The Gemara says, Lokasha, kan b'mevakeres, kan b'she'ena mevakeres. One is talking about a mevakeres, from the word bechor, where a woman is having her firstborn child, uh, where there's a greater danger involved. And the second one is where she's having her second child, where the birthing process is a little bit more trusted than the first birthing process. And therefore, there are differences in halacha. One brisa aligns with mivakeres, and one brisa aligns with ena mivakeres, and that too ends this sugya um, in regards to the shita of uh, of the Rashbag. Says the Gemara, fine, I understand what you're saying, but if that's true, the Rabbanon da Amre Shvach Blados Nami Labal My Taima. If what you're saying is that we have a brisa according to Rava that indicates that the woman should get the shvach vlados. Well, that's only the rashbag. But according to Rava, if the rashbag says the money gets of shvach vlados gets split between the husband and the wife, what does the Tanakama say about that? He has to deal with the marimakomos. The Tanakama in our Mishnah said nothing of the sort, and we didn't see a brisa to support the Rabbanon, the Tanakama of our Mishnah saying, <clears throat> excuse me, And we didn't see the Tanakama having a source to say that money should go to the wife in such a case for the Shvach Vlados. So my timer, what's their Svara? Says the Gemara, Kiditanya. At least it should say Kiditanya. That would be a correction in the Brisa here, in the Gemara. Mimash Mashinamar, because the Pasuk says, that she had children. Why does the Torah have to say that she had children and she was pregnant? Anyone who's taken the most basic of earth sciences will know that the mammal gets pregnant first and has a baby. Why did the Torah use the word hara? Matamad lomar hara. According to the Rabbanon, what does the word hara teach us? Says the Gemara, lomar lach, shvach hirayon labal. Nice, not nice, rational, not rational. The Torah says black on white, according to at least the Rabbanon, that with the extra word of hara, that teaches us a din, that when there is shvach, 
um, uh, of a leda, that that money then goes to the husband purely. And that's why the Tanakhama disagrees with Rashbag. Says the Gemara, the Rashbag. Okay, let's throw the question back in the Shaklavataria. According to the Rashbag, uh, we understand what the Tanakhama did with Hara to explain why he holds that the Shvach Leda goes only to the husband. But how does the Rashbag now say that the money does go to the wife? So says the Gemara, it's very simple. The Rashbag holds that the word Hara was already being used for another purpose. And because it was being used for another purpose, he couldn't use it the way the Rashba, that the Rabbanan did to say that all of the Shvach Leda goes to the husband. What was it being used for? Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov Omer, and we're about 15 lines from the bottom of Mem Tesimit Aleph. He was of the opinion, If a man does strike a woman, he's only going to be held accountable for damages as it relates to miscarriage if he hit her in a way where miscarriage makes sense. And Omar of Papa, It doesn't mean squarely where where what it would be opposite of the uterus. That's not what it means. It's broader than that a little bit. Anywhere where the injury would cause swelling and therefore the potential risk to a vlad. The Gemara here leaves, leaves a lot of gray area in regards to what's considered um, the space where a man would hurt a woman that would lead to a miscarriage. If he punches her in the hand, punches her in the foot, I think everyone would agree biologically that's not directly causing to a miscarriage. Uh, if he punches her in the stomach, in the back, it's hard to say that that isn't a problem. What about the legs? So there's a little bit of ambiguity here. But one way or the other, the uh, Rashbag says that the word hara is to teach us a limit in regards to the damage that we cause. If a man punches a woman and it's not in a place where the damage can directly cause for a miscarriage, he will not be held responsible for the miscarriage. He's responsible for bruising and harming his wife, of course. Pasha, he's an abusive man. But Lemaisa, when it comes to the damages of miscarrying, that's what he uses the word hara for. So let's just um, fundamentally distill the machlokas of the Rabbanan and the Rashbag. The reason why we have a machlokas, at least within the camp of Rava, between the Rashbag and the Rabbanan, about whether or not the woman would get any shvach if she were to have been damaged, is because of the word hara in the Pasuk. According to the Rabbanan, the word hara teaches that she, um, that she gets nothing, that all the money goes to her husband. According to the Rashbag, he might have agreed with that, but the word hara was already used for another drasha. It was used to teach us about the location of the damage that a man caused that then subsequently led to the woman's miscarriage. And therefore, it's perfectly feasible and reasonable, like Rava said, that the Rashbag could hold <clears throat> that a woman would get some of the some of the payments from the masik. That brings us to the two dots, about ten lines or so from the bottom. We had said that if the woman in our Mishnah was uh, was damaged in the following way, that if a man damaged a shifcha shenishtachrera or a giores, that there would be a, um, a halachic p'tur. Let's open with the Gemara, the two dots here. Oh, my Rabbah. That's only true when she was damaged in the life of her ger husband, and then her husband died. 
the cave in the Choval Babechai Hager, that since the damage happened when the husband was alive, Zacha Behu Ger, at that point, the husband was the one who was a Ger, who was able to bring in the money. The cave in the Meis Hager, Zacha Behu Min Hager. And since the husband, this Ger, died, now the money then falls to the person who did the damage. Why is this? Because when a Ger dies, he has no Yorshim. And the money doesn't go to the woman. So therefore, he who caused the damage ends up being putter from pain. A little bit of a loop of thinking. But that's what the Gemara says, is that because there are no Yorshim, therefore, if the damage is caused in the lifetime of the husband who's a ger and he dies because he has no Yorshim, the Mazik no longer has a chiyuv to pay. The money is technically speaking hefker. And because it's currently in my bank account, if I'm the Mazik, it's mine and I don't have to pay you anymore. That's what the Gemara says. Aval, Chaval Ba, eight lines from the bottom. Chaval Ba, Le'achar Mitzas Hager. Let's say she was pregnant. Her ger of a husband died. Zachya La, Ihi Begavayu. She does earn the money. Umechayib L'Shlumei La, Ladida. And the mazik has to pay the woman directly. Amar of Chizda, he says, I don't understand. Mare, Dichi, my master, is this pure? Is, uh, we've seen this word before in other Masechtas. Dachya uh, means tahor in Aramaic. Is this a pure psaq? Is this correct that she gets the money? Rav Chizda's push, push back is as follows. Is the money's for a vlad, this kind of thing that you kick around if it's not the husband, then the wife. If it's not the wife, then he keeps it. Should not be like that. If there's a husband, okay, fine. That's what the Torah said, that the husband gets the money. That's the drash of hara. However, but if there is no husband, then lo, then really she shouldn't get the money. Then the mazik just shouldn't have to pay. He should be potter, like we said a couple of lines ago in the Gemara. So this new case is a shtickle chiddush, says Reb and I don't understand how it works. So the Gemara says that uh, a the Gemara brings a question which actually supports Rav Chizda's line of thinking to say that the woman should not get the money. Now, there are a lot of details in this b'risa. We're primarily going to focus on the last line of the b'risa. There's going to be a few points today when we do that because no one's going to make the 9.30 mar, uh, uh, myself included, um, because there's just a lot here. So let's read this b'risa, and we're just going to really focus in on the last line of the b'risa to understand Rav Chizda's point. Nesvei, a man hurts a woman and she miscarries. No say nezek isha. The woman gets damages and pain. And the cost of the fetus goes to the husband. Ein habal. If there is no husband, no say the money goes to his yorshim. Ein isha. If there's no woman, if she died in the process, so then no sin the Yorsheha, if there's no husband and there's no wife, then the money goes to the Yorshe. Uh, now, this is our case. That if we were dealing with a case of a Shifcha Shinishtachur or Giores, the Allah is Zacha. Who is Zocha in this case? The Mazik. He doesn't have to pay. This is a Raya for the Shita of Rav Chizda, or at least the question that Rav Chizda was asking, which is, once the husband is out of the picture, the mazik doesn't have to pay anymore because she's a gioras. And when there is a gioras, all of the monies that are owed to them, the husband is gone. The money is now hefker. And because the mazik is the one with the money, if the money's hefker, the mazik keeps it. 
and therefore the mazik is clean free and the money doesn't go to the wife. And that's exactly what Rav Chizda was trying to prove. It says the Gemara, Amre, I could respond to that. No problem at all. Is this any different than the way we were okim our Mishnah just a few minutes ago? We established that our, our Mishnah, where, um, where the damage took place in the lifetime of the Ger husband, and then he died. The Bryce is not such a stark question. We could be okim that brisa in the same exact way that we would be okim our Mishnah, which is that the death happened, the miscarriage happened, while the ger husband was still alive. And that's why the woman was circumvented. And when the husband dies, the money becomes hafgar and he absorbs it. But love dafka that the brisa is wrong. Maybe if the baby taka was born, was miscarried after the husband died, but before uh, the, the birth, obviously, maybe that would be a perfect response. That's what the Gemara says. And the Ibaisema says the Gemara, I can give you another reason why Rabchizda, why your question isn't so great. Says the Gemara, even if you want to say that her husband wasn't alive, that the Giorz's husband wasn't alive at the time that she miscarried. But maybe Utni, turning to the top of Mem Testament Bays, it doesn't say Zaha, Zachsa. The Gemara brings a beautiful ride the other direction. There's a little typo. It wasn't Vizacha that the that the mazik gets to keep the money because the husband was a ger, and now that he's dead, the the money is behefker. No, maybe it wasn't Zacha, maybe it was Vizachsa, and therefore it's a raya exactly the opposite of Rabchista. Now the Gemara takes this up one rung and asks if perhaps this, this is a machlokas tanoi. Lema says the Gemara kit tanoi. Maybe we have a machlokas tanoi on our hands. Bas Yisrael Let's say you have a Yiddish Shemedal, she marries a Ger. Vinis Abramimenu, and she gets pregnant. V'chaval ba Ger. She gets injured during the lifetime of her Ger husband. No same to me vlados Ger. The halacha is that the money goes to the Ger. However, la'achar misas hager, after the husband were to have died, and then she miscarried, seemingly, we have a stira in Brysas. What's the stira? Line three and four. According to one version of the Brisa, the halacha is that he's chayev to pay her. And according to some, he's not chayev to pay her. So perhaps my maybe this is the machlokas that we have. Says the Gemara, no. Perhaps the Rabbah, maybe according to Rabbah, who really is trying to show that she gets money, Maybe this really is a machlokas. But Elala Rav Chizda, who's trying to say that she never gets money, maybe there's a way to explain this Bryce in a different way that aligns with Rav Chizda. Elala Rav Chizda, you could say, it could just be a difference in payment in regards to whether the money the wife receives money at all, which was the machlokas we saw in our Mishnah, according to Rava. And Irashbag, even within Rashbag, my area la misa. Who says we're talking about after death? According to Rashbag within Rava, she would get money even if the husband was still alive. So this can't be a good raya. And therefore, perhaps these two brisas are not anyway an indicator about a machlokas tanaim, about whether or not the woman would get the money if the ger husband had died, but about something totally different altogether, which is how much she gets. And it could just be that she'd get half in one scenario and full in another. 
And the Ibai Sema, 10 lines down, another possible answer is that these two Brysas of Chayv and Pater are Haveha, both of them are Rashbad, Kan Beshvach Vlados, Kan Bidmei Vlados. One's talking about the woman's value, the Shvach Vlados, one's talking about the Dmei Vlados. The Shvach Vlados for sure goes to the wife, at least in part. The Dmei Vlados for sure doesn't go to the wife. So therefore, we could answer this up in a whole bunch of ways that do not indicate a Machlokas Tanoim on this topic. Says the Gemara, Amre, I understand what you're saying in regards to Mishvach Vlados, but Lishma Dmei Vlados, that should imply something about the Dmei Vlados. And not only that, Umi the Rashbag, Lishma the Rabbanot. Perhaps we could infer um, from the Rashbag Shita, re- we're reverse engineering from the Rashbag Shita that she would get some money. Perhaps we could see the Shita of the Rabbanon over here. Amre says the Gemara, you can't work backwards from this diuk because lo shvach vlados de shaycha yadu abigavayu. The Gemara says lo, kama. Shvach vlados, when it comes to her increased value for having been pregnant, the shaycha yadu abigavayu, that she is pregnant and she's the one who carried the baby and her value is increased. Then zachya behubrikulu. Then the Rashbag says, of course, she's going to get money for that. She carried, she was the one who was pregnant. He didn't do, he didn't carry the baby. But So therefore the Gemara says that there really is no on this topic. And uh, it seems to be the case that a woman would uh, not necessarily get money if her gear husband died before she miscarried. And the Gemara now jumps into a little bit of a jump from our current discussion into the halachic discussions of holding on to a star and whether or not the star itself is valuable. A little bit of a jump. The Gemara says at the two dots, one third of the way down, At least we see the connection that we're talking about a ger. If I am holding on to the star of a ger, mahu, what is the halachic status of me having that document. Man de machzik bishtara. If I, the full yid, I'm not talking about the uh, the ger. If I'm holding on to the ger's document, so I was, I'm an FFB and he's a ger. If I was holding on to that document, the fact that I'm holding on to it, that I died to arahu de machzik, is my intention with that document, that if the ger dies, that I pull all the rights because it's now hefger, because he's a ger. And when a ger dies, his property is hefger. And I'm holding on to the star. So therefore, I get everything in the star, including the property. And perhaps I really wasn't thinking about the land. And I'm just holding a piece of paper. And it's not even worth the paper it's written on. I was just holding a document. Oh Dilma, uh, uh, yeah. Oh Dilma, or perhaps Daite Nami Ashtara. Is there value in the star? Yes or no? Omar Lay, this is, I think, um, yeah, it's the first time we've seen this language in Shas. Ani Mori, answer me, my master. I wasn't sure this was what it mean the first time I saw Rashi kind of indicates as much. If you look at the uh, Rashi two thirds of the way down, um, first words on the line, Dibraham Askel, Ani Mori. Aneni Adoni, please answer me. I've never seen this before. Ani Mori, answer me, my master. You think the paper was what was valuable to him? And the Gemara then responds, Omar Lay, his master says back to him, Latur Latur. It absolutely was. That was the meant to be uh, to be used to close off a bottle. This is a very cryptic piece of Gemara. Lamaisa, we see that there's two sides of the coin as to whether or not there's value in the paper. 
That's what we can see from this story, but no real conclusions from the Gemara because the Gemara was framed in a question. Uh, we see a rebuttal um, and then we don't really see any response. And halfway down, the Gemara continues with a similar version of what we just discussed. Omar Rabbah, Mashkono shall Yisrael biad ger. Let's say that I am uh, from, from birth and I have a collateral in the property of a ger. Umes hager. While my property is in the property of the ger, my collateral is in his property, he dies. So says the Gemara, Uba Yisrael acher and I'm Ruvain, your Shimon, and the ger died. The ger died. So I'm Ruvain, my stuff's set by the ger. The ger died. You, Shimon, go take the collateral, and it's really mine. So Allah says the Gemara, you may not keep it. My taima, kevan demis, le ger, pakale Because once the ger died, the shibud between me and the ger dissipated. And because that happened, then my collateral also falls back into my rishus. So you, Shimon, even though normally the property of a ger is hefker, but this piece of property, which is my collateral, is not hefker. Because uh, once he died, the ger, my transaction with him died with him. And therefore, this is not hefker, but it's actually my property. A little bit different, another iteration. Mashkono shel ger Yisrael. Let's say that the um, collateral of a ger was in my property, ume sager. So again, I'm Ruvain. There's John the Baptist. He was a Gary, he became a Yid. But I have a collateral. He owes me money. So I have a $1,000, um, uh, I don't know, record album that's uh, really his. I'm holding it till he pays me back, but he dies. Okay. Uba Yisrael Acher. Then Shimon comes into my property, the Hechzik Bo, and he takes the $1,000 record album. Fascinating. The Gemara splits it. The Gemara says, whatever John the Baptist owed me, I keep. Let's say of the $1,000, I was holding a collateral that was larger than what he owed me. And he only owed me $600. So I get $600 of the album. And Shimon, who came into my property and took what he thought was the property of a ger, which is now Hefker, he gets to keep $400. That's absolutely mutter. And we split the payments based on what the chiyuv was from the ger to me. The Amai, why does this happen? Says the Gemara, it shouldn't work that way. What's the problem? The problem is a halachic one. And that is that if it's in my property, if I have the record of John the Baptist in my property and John dies, and if all of the property of Gerim are Hefker when they die, well, why don't I acquire it instantly when it's in my property? Tikni It's in my house. My chaser should instantly be kona, that record album, and I should keep all $1,000 of value of the record. How can Shimon come? It's mine. My chaser should be kona, that record album, the second the, the ger dies. How can you come into my property and take something? Do I need a separate transaction to be kona, the collateral, the mashkon of a ger, when the ger dies? After all, I don't need das to be kona anything. I don't need any das at all. Let's review. I'm Ruvain. I have a collateral. John the Baptist owed me $600. He said, Phil, um, Ruvain, Ruvain, here's a $1,000 record label from 200 years ago. Here you go. Keep it until I pay you back. So he only owes me 600 bucks. The label's worth 1000 And then Shimon takes it and says, I'm keeping it. The halacha says, nope, divide and conquer. Phil, Ruvain was really only owed 600 
the remaining four. Why does the 400 go to Shimon? It's my property. My property should be Kona Shalomi Daito. I don't need to do a transaction. It's in my house. So the Gemara says, What are we dealing with over here? Dilese. Where I, Ruvain, was not in my house when that happened. This is a Chiddush Dekadin, that the only time we have a king in Chatzar, Shalomi Daito, is seemingly when the Bala Bayis is in the house. A little bit of a, of a quirky scenario, but that's what the Gemara says. As long as I'm in my own house, Ruvain, as long as I'm there when the Ger dies, then therefore, if I wanted to go over and be makna with whatever Kenyan is required to pick up the album, I could. Then, then even if I don't do anything, the chatzor will be kone, the record album, for me. However, said the Gemara, if I'm not in my house when John the Baptist dies, the ger, then, because the iboi hu lemikne, lomati mikne, lomati kani, since in the moment that I'm not in my house, I'm not able to generate that transaction of the kinyan, so then, chatzero nami lo kani. Wild idea. The kinyan chatzero happens shalomi daito, but only if you're in the house. Huge chedesh. So the Gemara says, the hilchasa, says the Gemara, halacha lemaisa, how do we paskin? Just like this Gemara. Delese bechatzero, the low kanon. Your Kenyan chater does not work if you are not in your house. It doesn't have to be midaito, but you have to be in your house for the Kenyan chater to work. Huge chiddush. Beautiful. That brings us to the next Mishnah, 15 lines or so from the bottom of the page, a little bit less. We'll be going about a third of the way down until the second of the wide lines. We're going to end in a bit of a cryptic spot, right in the middle of a machlokas, amoraim, about our Mishnah. Uh, but it'll be a good place to stop for tonight. I apologize, it's a little longer, just a lot of material. I dig a pit in my Rishus Hayachid, but it's big enough that there's an opening to the pit in Rishus Harabim. Or the reverse. It's built in Rishus Harabim, and there's an opening in a Rishus Hayachid. Or Rishus Hayachid, Rishus Hayachid Acher. Or I'm digging a, a, a bore in my yard and it goes into your yard. In all of these cases, says the Mishnah, Chayev. Let's jump into the Gemara, Abraisa. Tanu Rabbonon, Hachofer bor b'rshus hayachid upischol d'rshus harabim, Chayev. And says the Gemara, this case of a bore that was um, dug, b'rshus hayachid, that extended into a rishus harabim, says the Gemara in the Braisa, v'zehu bor ha'amor b'torah divar b'shmal. Here we're going to see a big machlokas Rabbi Shmuel Rabbi Akiva. We actually saw this already, but we're going to review it now. Rabbi Shmuel was of the opinion that this is considered the boar, which is Amor Batorah. Rabbi Akiva Omer, no. Hifkir Rishuso, below Hifkir Boro. If I had a private property boar and I was Mafkir my Rishus, but I kept my boar, if that's what I did, Zehu Bor Amor Batorah. So big machlokas tanoim between Rabbi Shmuel and Rabbi Akiva, and we have to get into the belly of the beast and understand what it is that they're arguing about. Let's start with Raba. Omar Raba, bebor birshus harabim. When we talk about a boar that's in a public space, kule alma lo Everyone agrees that you're going to be chayev for a boar birshus harabim. Why is that? Because my time. Omar kra. Because the pasuk says it has two phrases. 
It says, it has a phrase of when you open the pit and when you dig the pit. If for the simple act of opening a pit, you're going to be chayev, I'll create a local shakane. All the more so on the digging, you're going to be held accountable, no doubt. Ella, what therefore does the Pasuk mean? That what we're talking about, this whole idea of bor, uh, the Bor Ha'amor B'Torah is talking about a case of Psicha and a case of Kriya. Therefore, Bor B'Shus HaRabim, everyone agrees, Yerchayim. Lo Nechleku, Ella, what is it that really we're talking about? And we now turn to the top of Nun Amid Aleph. We're only talking about a case of a boar that's in a private rishus. Rabbi Akiva Savar, Rabbi Akiva is of the opinion that boar birshuso nami Rabbi Akiva holds <clears throat> that a boar in private property is also chayev dichsiv because the pasuk says bal habor the boar de islay bailim kamarachmana. Beautiful diuk says Rabbi Akiva. It says it in the verse. It says bal habor, not rishus harabim. We're talking about. A boar that has bilem to it. That has to be the boar that the Torah is talking about, and that's why you're chayim. Rabbi Shmuel, in contrast, three lines down, Savar, Balatakala. No, we're just talking about any stumbling block, any boar, anywhere. Doesn't have to be owned privately. And he doesn't uh, deal with the fact that the Pasuk says Balabor. So, what then does Rabbi Akiva? How does Rabbi Shmuel explain that? That it seems to be that Rabbi Akiva has some good teeth to that. Says the Gemara, no, zehu bor That's only talking about finances, but it's not talking about liabilities of another nature. We'll dig into this more tomorrow. And Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yosef has a different approach to this machlokes of Rabbi Shmuel and Rabbi Akiva. We're going to learn Rabbi Yosef's opinion and then we're going to stop. Rabbi Yosef Omar, bebor birshus hayachid, he says the opposite of Rabbah. He says everyone agrees that when you have a private property bore, everyone agrees you're going to be chayv in that case. My time up. Because of the svar we saw before. Because the Pasuk says that when do we see a bore that's chayv? That's when there are bailim. Keep ligi. When do we have the machlokas Rabbi Yishmael and Rabbi Akiva? That's only bebore birshus harabim. That's uh, when there's a public bor. Rabbi Shmuel Savar, Bor Birshus Harabim Nami Chayev, Dichsiv Ki Yiftach, Bichi Yichre. He says that I know, Rabbi Shmuel says, I know that in Rishus Harabim that there's going to be a Chiyuv because the Pasuk has a double language, the dual language of Ki Yiftach and Chi Yichre. What would it be coming to teach us? Imal Psicha Chayev Al Kriya Lo Kol That's obvious. Ella, it must be Shal Iske Psicha Val Iske Kriya Baalo. Any type of digging should be a problem, even Birshus Harabim. However, for Rabbi Akiva, he says, no, you learned the Psukim wrong, Rabbi Shmuel. When the Pasuk says, Ki Yichren, Ki Yiftach, you learned it the wrong way. And this is what Rabbi Akiva says. We're 12 lines down or so on Nunamad Aleph. We're going to finish up this Svara on the second of the wide lines and call it a day. The Gemara says, in the name of Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva, Anhu Mitzrach Tzrichi. These words in the Psukim are needed, not for the way you learned it, Rabbi Shmuel, but we needed each of them to have a basic understanding of Chumash. How so? If the Torah would have only talked about opening a pit, 
I might have thought that if a pit could be easily opened, then easily covering it would be sufficient. But had it been a dug hole, I might have thought the standard would have been different, that it needed to be filled in with the dirt from which you dug the hole. And that's not true. That's why we needed both psukim. And and if we would have only had the Pasuk of Ki Yichra, which talks about digging and not just uncovering, then maybe in regards to digging, yes, there you need to put a cover on the hole that you dug. I might have argued, that if you just opened, uncovered, I should say, a hole, where you didn't dig a hole, you didn't do anything to make the pit, you just uncovered it. Perhaps you wouldn't need a cover at all, Kamash will that that's not true. How then would we understand the concept of Zehu to this the Gemara responds, Zehu so we see the difference between Rav Yosef and Rava is that Rav Yosef was talking about a case that refers to Nizakin. Rava was talking about a case that refers to Tashlumen, payments. Payments and damages are not the same thing. And we'll get into why that's true on Shabbos. Mir Tashem will pick up again on Shabbos, one third of the way down, on the beginning of the third line of Nunamid Bays, wishing you all a beautiful night and wishing you all a beautiful Shabbos.